Good morning, everybody, and uh, good morning to those who are watching online as well. If you're joining us online, please write something in the comments so that we know who is with us. Wanted to let everybody know we have some awesome small groups, small groups here at the church. Pastor Sam leads uh, two of them. Uh, Harriet Murray leads one. Uh, we have Men at the Well, which are amazing. And then, but I want to tell you about another one. We have a Sunday school class that's multi-age. So if you're a misfit that just doesn't have a Sunday school class like me, we're uh, starting a new series called Love Does by Bob Goff. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we have donuts up there, so you can't beat it. Any age group is welcome. Um, I have a lot of announcements today, so bear with me. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday, and we have donkeys and donuts in the green space, so it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Um, and then we also have Holy Week services coming up after that. Those will be at 12.05 every day, Monday through Friday, with lunch at uh, 12.30 with a cost of $5. Those services are always great. We have uh, guest speakers lined up through the whole week. Also that week, we have a Monday Thursday service here at 6 p.m. Uh, and, a, and a Good Friday service at 6 p.m. as well. Um, Saturday, April um, 16th, you guys are going to want to help Catherine Barnes on this. We're having an Easter egg hunt here from 11 to noon. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. So, um, and if you want to donate candy to the church office staff, that's fine too. We'll eat the candy and not put it in the eggs. Um, this Wednesday, the youth are dying Easter eggs and talking about Palm Sunday, so make sure they're here. Wednesday the 13th, Catherine Barnes is leading nachos and Nerf Wars for the kids. Uh, ask Catherine how you can help, and maybe you won't get hurt with the Nerf War either, you know, who knows. But I wanted to give this uh, statistic out today with my announcements. There, if you look on the church website, there's so much stuff coming up with Holy Week, and there's Easter egg hunts, and all these things that the community can enjoy. I wanted to let you know that United Methodist, this is a great statistic, Pastor Ken, I don't know if you know this one. United Methodist church members invite somebody to church with them once every 38 years. So it might be time for you to invite a neighbor. This is the perfect time to invite a friend to worship, is this time of year. We have so much going on. So I'd encourage you, invite somebody. You don't have to wait 38 years. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we thank you for all of the great things going on at the church. We pray, God, that you will use all of it to do mighty, mighty things. We pray that you'll calm our hearts and our minds now and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, praise team. Thank you for being here. Y'all can be seated. Uh, Miss Catherine's about to take our children to Children's Church. Yeah, and the rest of y'all can be seated if you want to. And I appreciate you being here so much. Hey. So um, I want to thank you for worshiping with us online. If, uh, if you're joining us today, hello to you wherever you are. If you're, if you're like the cases here and you just did a 150-mile bike ride, you might be tired this morning, but thank you for being here anyway, you know, if you had a good spring break like that. Um, I want to tell you about opportunities that we have to give. Um, you can give your time because we always need volunteer help. And contact uh, Sheila Freeman in Connectional Ministries or contact me or Pastor Andy or Miss Catherine, and we'll let you know how you can help volunteer. You can also uh, give, give your treasures, give your tithes and offerings. Um, we have plates in the offering, uh, offering plates in the sanctuary that you can drop them off there. You can give online, you can text to give, you can, uh, you can set up uh, just automatic giving, and we appreciate that. Thank you for your support for all the awesome ministries that we have. Um, and I also want you to give your prayers because we, we are doing 40 days of prayers as our Lenten focus today and uh, our this season of Lent. And we're coming to an end, but we're not coming to an end of our, our need for your prayers. So please continue to pray for us, pray with us, and, and we will learn and grow together. Will you join me right now in, pray, in prayer? Lord, uh, you teach us to pray, and, and that is so important because we don't even know what to say. Sometimes we are uh, even confused about what to say. There are so many things, so many needs that we have. But we remember that you love us, and we remember that you are our Father, and we love you, and we know that you provide our needs each and every day. And so, God, we ask you, you are the only one who knows exactly the point of need that we have and you also know the cares on our hearts that we have for people that we love we lift those up to you and God in addition to asking we want to offer we want to offer our lives our tithes and offerings our time we want to offer every gift that we have to you to use for your kingdom's glory and now speak to our hearts as we open them up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. There 
Thank you, Praise Band. I appreciate you guys doing introducing us to new music here. And I just just leave this synthesizer here because I might be like doing a get a Jimmy Swaggart moment or something and play and and preach at the same time. Not really. so. Sorry, Jimmy, if you're watching uh, live stream this morning, I'm sorry. So um, we are going to. Uh, do part two of the pattern for prayer and it's all about the Lord's prayer and the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray not just to pray these words but to pray this way okay there's a big difference so let's begin just by praying together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray will you pray with me our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now let's read these words as they are written in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6 Verses 9 through 13, where Jesus said, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A man took a new job one time in a sock factory, and the first day of work, the foreman took him and showing him around, and there was a big sign up on the wall next to his, his machine, and the sign said, in case of tangled threads, send for the foreman. And the guy said, really, that's the only rule you have to remember. And the guy's like, I got it, I got it. And he just worked, had a pretty good morning. But over into the afternoon, sure enough, his threads on his machine got all tangled up. I mean, it was a big, big mess. And he thought, I can do this. And he tried, worked and tried and worked and tried. And instead of making it better, he made it worse, right? The foreman came by and, and pointed to the sign and said, have you been trying to fix this yourself? And the guy said, yeah, I, I thought you wanted me to do my best. And the guy said, doing your best always means sending for me. Doing your best always means sending for me. Now, our threads of our lives get all tangled up. Many, many times, don't they? And we try, and we try, and we try to make sense. And, and when we try to do it ourselves, we end up making it worse. And sometimes we need to hear that. Doing your best always means sending for the Lord. <laughs> Prayer. Doing your best is always praying about it. Not just praying about it when everything gets all messed up, but praying all the way through it. Praying and praying a lot. Um, like Jesus did, how Jesus taught us to pray. Last week, we, we started the pattern for prayer, and there are 10 parts in this pattern, and I'm going to be going over, concentrating on the second five of these 10. But I want you to know, um, I have 
for your um, jotting down, taking note, doodling pleasure, uh, I have written down these 10 and a copy of the Lord's Prayer. These are on the table out here by the Hazel Oliver entrance, and I'll get one to you. I think you can find them online, but this is all 10 of them if, if you are, are having trouble remembering and you want to just put your thoughts down about these. And the 10 parts of the pattern follow the Lord's Prayer. Number one, of course, is our Father in Heaven. In verse 9 here, we just begin by remembering who we're talking to. We're talking to our Heavenly Father and who He loves us and loves all of His children. It's, it's a prayer of connection. We're not connecting with a heavenly bureaucrat. We're not calling on our heavenly parole officer. We're not going to get a busy signal. We're talking to our Heavenly Father who loves us. The second part in the pattern is hallowed be your name. This is We went over this last week. I'm just refreshing you. Refreshing your memory. And this is when we offer our love to God. We say, okay, God, I know that you love me, my Heavenly Father, and I want to return and offer my love to you because really I love you because you first loved me. First John 4.19 says, we love God because God first loved us. If you think about it, that's kind of like our relationship with our families and our parents and our grandparents. Now, you know you love your parents and your grandparents, but if you think about it, they loved you long before you loved them. As a matter of fact, their love for you inspired your love for them, and that's the way it is with our Heavenly Father. We have this loving Heavenly Father with whom we're communicating, and we remember in remembering we have the loving Heavenly Father, we remember God is God and we're not. That's helpful, right? God is God, we're not. And then the third one is your kingdom come in verse 10. This is the prayer where we offer ourselves for God's purposes. It's a prayer of cooperation. Remember I just said God is God and we're not. That means that God is all wise and God is all loving and God is all powerful and God is all good. Not me, not you, not us. God has a plan and a purpose that's so much better than anything we could ever think up. And we just, we just need to line ourselves up with it, cooperate with it. Does that mean that we need to realign things? Absolutely. Always, on a daily basis, because we want to turn and go our own way. Um, so your kingdom come is a way of saying, all right, God. Your plan is good. I want to line up with that, not the other way around. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is number four, and that's a prayer of surrender. This is so important and so difficult. I'm just going to repeat that again because it bears repeating. The prayer of surrender is so important and so difficult. It's the prayer of Gethsemane. It's, it's not my will, but yours be done. And sometimes it is agonizing to let go of what I thought was a really, really good plan and to say, God, your will be done. It's not working out like I wanted it to, but your will be done. Number five is the prayer of dependence. Give us today our daily bread, and we trust God to meet our daily need. Whatever that need is, it might be different today than it was yesterday. It, it, each of us might have something unique 
but we trust God and we say, God, I'm not making it without you. I need you. I trust you and I depend on you. All right. That's part one. Just a very quick thumbnail of part one. Now we're here for part two. Are you ready for part two? Do you need an intermission or stretch break or anything like that? Sherry's ready. She's doing the fist pump. Right. All right. Part two. Speaking of things that we need on a daily basis, forgive us our sins in verse 12. Forgive us our debts is the way that it's in some translation. And the way we're so used to saying it in the Methodist church is forgive us our trespasses, right? Sins or debts or trespasses, either way you slice it, it's a prayer of cleansing. That's the big word, prayer of cleansing. That's where I admit my faults. I admit my faults. I don't try to blame Pastor Andy, which I, I do occasionally. I just, it's the youth's fault. It's Pastor Andy's fault. No, I don't try to blame somebody else. I don't make excuses. I just say, it's mine. Forgive me. I trespassed. It's mine. I did it. Now, the word that in verse 12 that's, tra that's translated as sins sometimes and trespasses sometimes and debts sometimes... It all means the same thing. It's the Greek word that means an offense that needs to be repaired. It's, some, it's an offense that needs to be repaired. Now, I, I grew up in the country, and so every time I hear the word fence, I think in terms of, you know, fence. Like we had to keep the animals in. So if you can, if that helps you visually, it does me. I think about, about commandments that God has in here, and I, I think about, well, maybe this is like a fence that God has put up to keep the flock safe, to, to, keep, to keep us safe, okay, to protect us. Okay, here's a, here's a boundary, and it's not a boundary because I want to be mean. It's a boundary for your own good, okay, to keep you safe because I love you. And, and sometimes we just step right on that fence and go on. Well, that's an offense. Sometimes we even choose to live outside that fence because we think we know better. That's an offense. It, it needs to be repaired, you see. We, we trespass across the line. The great news is, in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will cleanse us from our sins and, and, and of all unrighteousness. This is, is, as Rick Warren says in the, in the study that we're doing on 40 Days of Prayer, he says, this is taking out the spiritual trash. And we need to do this not just once, but we need to do this regularly. Because we are, we are all guilty. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all stepped on that fence and gone on our own way, haven't we? We have. And so, um, it, and, and that is the great news. We can think of it also, if you can't think of the, the fence, you can also think about it as, as a heavy burden. Like if you just had a, like a big log chain and you just wrapped it around yourself and you're carrying this, this weight of guilt and this weight of offense that you've done wrong and you know it, forgiveness is where God just willingly and lovingly and permanently takes that weight off. And forgives us. And you know what God, you know what's great about what God does is God doesn't bring that stuff back up and throw it in our face later. 
like we do. Husbands and wives, you know what I'm talking about? Where you have that filing cabinet and you say, back in 1987, you remember when I said that I was just like my mama? You know, we don't, God doesn't do that to us. Um, And speaking of how we treat each other, number seven in the pattern for prayer is we also forgive those who sin against us. This is the prayer of release. The prayer of cleansing is forgive us our sins. The prayer of release is as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Remember when I was talking about fences earlier? Uh, and that God, because God loves us so much, puts up a fence, this kind of a boundary to protect us. And we decide sometimes that we're just going to step on it and go on. Or we're going to live outside of it. Um, well, let's say that, that I have put up a barbed wire fence. And, um, and then my neighbor has a fence that my neighbor has put up. And I go over to my neighbor's barbed wire fence and I climb over it. And in the process of climbing over that fence, I knock down a couple of strands of that fence. I didn't intentionally do it, but I knocked it down and I just went on. But my neighbor saw me do that. And my neighbor got his wire cutters and came over to my fence and cut down, intentionally cut down two strands of my fence. Well, see, both of the things are offenses. Now, I know offense and fence are not the same words. Look, I went to to school, I know. But it helps me visually to think about it that way. One was unintentional, but one was intentional. But they both are fences that need mending. Have you ever heard the old saying, "You, you just need to mend fences? That's what it means to say, God, I know I need to mend fences with you. Please forgive me where I've sinned and trespassed against you. But I know at the same time, I need to forgive my neighbor who has trespassed against me. These are offenses. They need to be repaired. So I, I ask for one while at the same time offering others. And, and we both get release and we both get cleansing and we both get forgiveness Here's kind of how it works, and it has to work both at the same time. It's not either or, it's both at the same time. And I want, this is, this is the congregation participation part of it, okay? Very carefully, without punching the person in front of you, hold out your fist like this. Like you're really going to punch them, it's coming. Come on, you can do it. And, and if you're, you're worshiping with us online, you're sitting there on the couch, don't, don't, don't hit your neighbor, but hold your fist, Okay. Now, with your right hand, turn it up like a cup and offer it up like this. This is where I offer my debts and my trespasses to God and say, forgive me, I'm, I'm offering this to you, God. Just take it. I, I don't need to be carrying it around anymore. Take it. Now, with your left hand, just turn down like you're just emptying it like that. You can even shake it. And I'm releasing all of those offenses I'm releasing all of those trespasses that my neighbor did against me. Both of them involve letting go. I'm letting go of all of that weight of sin. I've been carrying it around. I'm letting it go, God, because you said you'd forgive me. And I'm letting go 
of all those grudges, all that heavy bitterness that I'm holding from somebody who just walked all over my fence. I've got my boundaries and they just walked all over it. And when I let that go, it's like the weight of chains fall off of me. And when I let go of my neighbor's trespasses against me, it's like another weight of, of, of burden falls off of me and I can breathe free. And I can live the abundant life that God wants me to live. And it's all because I got forgiveness and I gave forgiveness, you see. Number eight, lead us not into temptation, verse 13. This is where we ask God to guard our hearts. It is the prayer of protection. If you think about, I used to think about lead us not into temptation when we was, I've been saying the Lord's Prayer, y'all, since I was old enough to talk. And when I, I got to lead us not into temptation, I thought, really? Does that mean that God leads us into temptation? It mean that God actually tempts us? But that's really not what we're saying at all because James 1 verses 13 through 15 tells us that, that God doesn't tempt anybody and, and God can't be tempted by anybody. Uh, so God never tempts anybody to do evil. Our own sinful nature is enough to do that, okay? God doesn't do that. The devil tempts us. Our own sinful nature draws us toward the wrong way. Now, you may think I'm splitting hairs, but I'm not. God does test us, okay? And, and, and it's not just semantics here. It, it's, see, testing is different than tempting. Um, here's the difference. God tests us with the goal of us standing up in the test and getting stronger. And the devil tempts us with the goal of having us fall in temptation and get weaker. Both testing and tempting are part of the human experience, and they just are. And what we're praying for is God protect us in the midst of this. Uh, Charles Swindoll preached a message on this one time, and it just kind of stuck in my head. And he's, this is what he said about temptation. He was talking about when Jesus was tempted in, in the desert and everything. And he says, as far as temptation goes, uh, we, it shouldn't surprise us. We should expect it. All right. And we shouldn't be clueless about it. We should detect it, recognize it. And we shouldn't be cute and think we're just going to play around with it. We should reject it. Now, I know this is kind of corny, but expect it, detect it, and then reject it. Immediately call out to God. Temptation just is, and we need protection. So lead us, not into temptation. Protect us. Deliver us from evil is number nine. The prayer of deliverance is where we depend on God's power to deliver us. To deliver in, in uh, the scripture here is a word that means to pull somebody out of danger. To pull somebody out of danger. You see, we need protection in the hour of temptation, but we also need deliverance. Because even the best of us, even the best intentioned person will find themselves, I will find myself in a situation that is just 
bad, <laughs> that is messed up, and I really can't blame anybody except my own self. Um, I, I remember seeing a picture of the Good Shepherd, and and had the shepherd had the you know shepherd staff with the crook at the end, and and there was a sheep that had wandered off and had fallen down in a, in a crag between two rocks or crevice or whatever you call those things. But, I mean, the sheep was in a, in a jam down there. Couldn't get out. Needed deliverance. And the word deliver here, pulling out of danger. And the shepherd took his shepherd's crook and, and was pulling the sheep up out of, of the crevice, out of the crag in the rock, you see. That is a picture of the good shepherd. It is a picture of what God does for us, delivering us out of a mess. If you've ever been there, I've been there. You need deliverance. We not only need protection and strength, but we need deliverance because sometimes we find ourselves in a mess and there's no way out unless the Lord delivers us. The last one, the last one in the pattern for prayer is the prayer of victory. Verse 10, I meant number 10 in the pattern is yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We prayed that, y'all. We didn't read it in, God, in the Gospel of Matthew. It's the prayer of victory. And we praise God for ultimate victory. Everything in the pattern for praying begins with God and it ends with God. And in the end, God wins. That's the beautiful thing. We know, we know, we read the end and God wins. Um, so now this last phrase, yours is the kingdom and the power and glory forever, amen, is not found in every translation of the Bible. And some of it has it, some translations have it, some don't. And it's, it's not anything nefarious. It's just that some of the manuscripts contained it and some of them didn't when the translators put it in there. I love it. I think it's important for us to use it because it's just so filled with hope. Ultimate victory belongs to God. And we need to hear that, especially when we, we think things are looking bad right now. I love reading about the life of, of the early desert fathers and mothers and, uh, and the mystics because I'm a nerd. I admit it. I like reading stuff like that. One of my favorite uh, mystics and, and writers in, in an area I really uh, in, enjoy reading about is named Julian of Norwich. Julian was um, a 14th century anchoress. She was a 14th century English anchoress. And what an anchoress is, was a, a woman who, who lived inside of a little room that was built on the outside of a church, a little anchor hold. It was attached just to the outside wall of a church, and it was like almost kind of like a one-person monastery. The, uh, the person lived there, and they were kind of separated from the outside world, except they had a window into the outside world. Uh, and then they had a small window on the wall of the church where, where the anchorist could see the services going on inside of the church. Uh, Y'all, Sheila Freeman is thinking about building her a, a little anchor hold out here. She's, she's here so much. She's got, she'll have a little window where she can help us. And then, um, Well, 
While in her anchor hold, Julian in Norwich, England in the 1300s, she would give counseling and advice to people who wandered by. She would bake things and give bread out to people. She would, when children would come by, she would teach them, teach them how to read, teach them about the Lord. She would pray for people. She would give advice to people. And then she would participate in services through her little window into the church. Well, in, in 14th century England, um, life was hard, and there were a lot of pandemics going around. There were a lot of plagues going around, and when Julian was 30 years old, she came down with one of these plagues. We don't really know which plague it was, but it was terrible. Uh, and she was, she was really, really bad. As a matter of fact, she was so sick that the priest was called to go in and offer her last rites. And so Julian's on what they thought was her deathbed, and the priest comes in to administer last rites. And as part of the last rites, the priest held the crucifix in front of Julian's face. And during this time, uh, when Julian was gazing at Jesus on the cross, she had a, a series of of visions during this time, this near-death experience, and she called them, we would call them visions, she called them showings, and she, when she recovered, to everybody's amazement, I mean, the priest has given her last rites, That's, they, they thought she was dead, going to die, but when she recovered, she wrote this stuff down, and she actually, did, and this is interesting, if you are interested in stuff like this, as far as we know, Julian of Norwich was the first woman to write a book in English in 1373. Now, it wasn't a big book. It's something that she could carry around in her pocket. She wrote down these showings. And in one of her visions, Julian was in this process. She was upset by a lot of things, not only in her life, but in the world, and Here's what Jesus said to her in, in this passionate vision that she said. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Now, you might have even heard that line before. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Well, I need to hear that. I need to hear it today. I need to hear it a lot. And maybe you need to hear that too. And you say, well, Pastor Sam, that's just not very realistic. Don't you know that everything is not well? Haven't you watched the news? What Are you living in a cave? It didn't say all is well. Do you see that difference? It didn't say all is well. It said all shall be well. Because the same God who created everything in his beautiful creation and called it good, when we read the end, we read what is the culmination of God's beautiful plan is that in the end, everything that is not well is going to be made to be well. Everything that is wrong is going to be righted. 
all will be, all will be well. All manner of thing will be well. Because in the end, the kingdom and the power and the glory forever will belong to God. And he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. That's our hope. That's our belief. That's how we finish the pattern of prayer. Remembering that ultimate victory belongs to God. So, in the meantime, and we're stuck in the meantime, aren't we? In the meantime, we pray. In the meantime, we remember that God loves us, all of us, all of God's children. We offer our love and our cooperation to God for, for God's purposes. In the meantime, we trust God to provide our daily needs. In the meantime, y'all, we admit our offenses and our trespasses. We ask God to cleanse us. And we also offer our forgiveness to others. It works both ways. In the meantime, in the meantime, we expect temptation and we ask for God's protection in that temptation. And we ask for God's deliverance. You might be in a spot right now where you just flat out need to be delivered and pulled out of harm's way. In the meantime, we praise God and we hold on tightly to the hope that all shall be well. How is your prayer life? How, how is your life going? Are all of the threads in your life all tangled up and knotted up right now? Do you feel like you're working harder and harder and doing your best, but you're still getting more and more knots? Remember, doing your best always means calling on the only one who really can untangle the mess of your life and my life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, inviting us to, to pray and to communicate with you and to commune with you. Help us, Lord, to remember that prayer was your idea in the first place. You are the one who invited us to come into your presence. Thank you for loving us like you do, for being our Heavenly Father that loves not only us but all of your children. Thank you for the beautiful, wonderful, good purpose and plan that you have for us and for all of creation help us Lord to just get lined up with that and God some of us are just carrying around some heavy chains today heavy chains of, of burdens of sin that are unconfessed that we need to confess hurts that we have from things that other people have done to us we need to let go of Lord some of us are holding on to things that happened 20 years ago we need to let go today God, everything that we need today, you have offered to us. And every part of prayer that we need to pray, you've provided for us in this pattern. So let us pray, God. Help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand and worship?
princes and paupers, sons and daughters, kneel at the throne of grace. Losers and winners, saints and sinners, one day we'll see his face. just a couple of reminders before you leave uh, stick around and have a cup of coffee in our Hebrews coffee shop right out the door and and have a, a chance to say hello to some folks and remember as Pastor Andy said before if you're going to invite somebody once every 38 years this coming Sunday is a good Sunday to do that donuts and donkeys Palm Sunday I'll be preaching about when Jesus comes to town what happens when Jesus comes to town so it's a great it's going to be a great Sunday 
I hope to see you there. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your goodness to us. Now be with us as we walk forward from this place and help us, Lord, to be your hands and feet. In Jesus' name, amen.